0: Welcome back to Zion's Redemption <clears throat> Radio Network. Today we're going to be reading the conclusion of the Four Crafts. Not really interested in doing a program today, but I said I would. My uh, two-year-old daughter would have been two today. And she was uh, born two years ago today, and she only lived one day. So this is not a happy day for me or my family. Just uh, she was born too early, and they waited too long to do uh, cesarean. Caesarean <throat> And by the time they went in to take her out, uh, she had already gone down the birth canal and they had to push her back up because my wife's cervix had not dilated enough. So little Emma came out very bruised and uh, she didn't make it. So I think, I think this is just gonna be a podcast. I think I wanted to spend time with my wife and my kids tonight. But um, I'm gonna put this out there anyway and this will wrap up The Four Kingdoms. Um, The reader portion of the program is 24 minutes long. So if you're not interested in the reader portion of the program, you can skip forward to about 25, 26 minutes into the program and listen to the commentary. And uh, we'll just get right into this uh, reader portion right now. Like I said, this is uh, the genuine or the genuine and the counterfeit, pages 229 to 240. Of the four crafts, and this is the conclusion of this book. Thank you for listening.
1: The genuine and the counterfeit pages 229 to 244 crafts. Conclusion. We can't serve two masters. Nearly everything pertaining to God can be, and usually is, duplicated by the devil, who is the master imitator, forger, counterfeiter, and deceiver. But he warned his son Jacob for it must needs be, that there is an opposition in all things. Nephion in our day, Joseph Smith warned us, false prophets always arise to oppose the true prophets and they will prophesy so very near the truth that they will deceive almost the very chosen ones. In relation to the kingdom of God, the devil always sets up his kingdom at the very same time in opposition to God. Teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith when doctors, lawyers, Priests and kings use their skills and talents to benefit themselves before their fellow men and thus turning their profession into a craft and they then become part of the devil's counterfeit system. They become an integral part of the kingdoms of the world and the devil's kingdom, whose power currently covers the earth. The kingdom of God is now merely a small stone in comparison. However, it will roll forth and become mighty and eventually become the kingdom of the devil. H. Willian Anderson defined these two kingdoms, the kingdom of the devil is as much a physical reality as the kingdom of God. The scriptures describe both as actual organizations among men who on earth. If the kingdom of God is an order of government established by divine authority, as the prophets have said, we may assume that the kingdom of the devil is an order of government established under his influence and subject to his control. This conclusion is supported by the thesis advanced, hearing that the devil's church is prostituted government because according to the words of Nephi, the great and abominable church and the kingdom of the devil are one and the same. The devil and Christ are antagonists. They will never make a peace treaty. They won't even shake hands. They are both dedicated to their own cause and always will be. There can be no union between the prince of light and the prince of darkness. They each represent good and evil, right and wrong, negative and positive. Compromises, mergers, and manifestos are not even a possibility between these two opposite forces. Both Christ and Satan have a priesthood, and they each have their apostles and devoted followers. It should be impossible, likewise, for these two groups of followers to make compromises and treaties with each other, for the Savior said, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. They that are not for us are against us. So say I, and who can't see that all these merchants, lawyers, and doctors are not for us. Their interests are not identified with ours, neither do they care for our welfare and property. Yet most Christians want to take some kind of a middle road and serve Christ without offending the devil. But as the scripture says, this just can't be done. The nations, governments, and businesses of the world are part of one huge corporation named Babylon the Great. The power, glory and dominion of today's Babylon would make ancient Babylon green with envy. But in reality, the great world leaders who appear so marvelous in the eyes of the people are not pleasing before Lord. But you take those who bear the sway among men, those who hold the affairs of the nations in their hands, catch them in the dark, and they are the lowest of the creations of God. Journal of discourses as in the days of Noah, God will not let this condition continue much longer. Because of this universal wickedness, great destructions will take place, and all corrupt powers and false crafts, even all nations, will be destroyed, and in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, which shall never be destroyed, and their kingdom shall not be left to other people but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Wherefore, O ye Gentiles, it is wisdom in God that these things should be shown unto you and thereby ye may repent of your sins, and suffer not these murderous combinations shall get above you, which are built up to get power and gain and dash and the work, yea, even the work of destruction come upon you, yea, even the sword of the justice of the eternal God shall fall upon you, to your overthrow and destruction, if ye shall suffer these things to be, And thus, with the sword and by bloodshed the inhabitants of the earth shall mourn. And with famine, and plague, and earthquake, and the thunder of heaven, and the fierce and vivid lightning also, shall the inhabitants of the earth be made to feel the wrath, and indignation, and chastening hand of an almighty God, until the consumption decreed hath made a full end of all nations. Deontay 87, 6, And any kingdom, or government, or dominion that is not under my direction, and does not acknowledge me, I will not acknowledge, said the Lord of hosts, and if they fight against me and my laws, and my church, and my kingdom, they shall be overthrown in mine own due time, for I have so decreed. Even so, Amen. What is the responsibility, then, of the righteous saints who have to live in such worldly conditions? Is there any hope for them to survive all this destruction? there is if they first recognize the false crafts and wickedness that exist and then remove themselves from it. There is such unlimited power to do evil, which the wicked use for the oppression of the feeble, to oppress the poor, the honest in heart, whom they rule by priestcraft, kingcraft, and every other wicked craft that mankind in their degeneracy can devise, so that it would seem almost impossible even for the Almighty to establish His kingdom and save His people, without withdrawing them from the wicked nations journal of discourses as this has been the case in every former age and dispensation, so it is now. Hence the latter-day saints in every part of the globe are commanded to gather out from the midst of wickedness, corruption and priestcraft, and every abomination that exists, and assemble themselves in one place. For what purpose? That we may be separated from the world and its corruptions, which would otherwise work our temporal and spiritual destruction. Journal of Discourses. many times early LDS church leaders warned that if the saints did not reject wickedness and live righteously that God would raise up a people from among this people to accomplish His purposes, He and Ash God will preserve a portion of this people, of the meek and the humble, to bear up the kingdom to the inhabitants of the earth, and will defend His priesthood. For it is the last time, the last gathering time. A people will come forth from among us who will be zealous of good works, willing to do the bidding of the Lord, who will be taught in his ways, and who will walk in his paths. I do not know but that it would be an utter impossibility to commence and carry out some principles pertaining to Zion right in the midst of this people. They have strayed so far that to get a people who would conform to heavenly laws it may be needful to leave some from the midst of this people and commence anew. journal of discourses the savior used three parables in referring to this great separation between the righteous and the wicked and comparing the people to fish sheep and wheat the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind which when it was full they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels but cast the bad away so shall it be at the end of the world the angel shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just. When the Son of man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd delivereth his sheep from the goats, and he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. Let both wind and tares grow together until the harvest, and in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather you the first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. If there is to be this great sifting between the good fish and bad, the sheep and goats and the wheat and tares, then where is the dividing line? Who will be burned and who will be saved? Certainly those who support or practice the four crafts spoken of here will not be on the right hand of Christ christians throughout the world offer up the lord's prayer saying thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven but are we really sincere in this prayer when we continue support to doctor craft lawyer craft priest craft and king craft and dash crafts that don't even exist in heaven if we understood the doctrines of christ and would practice them we would not stand in need of much government being possessed of a knowledge of the truth and having a desire in our hearts to obey it We would not need judges and lawyers, governors and rulers, for God would be our governor, and Christ would be our lawgiver, and we would delight to obey him. It stands to reason, then, if we support these four crafts, we do not understand the doctrines of Christ, nor do we possess a knowledge of the truth, and have a desire in our hearts to obey it. Thus, it is difficult today to find many saints who stand valiantly for Christ and his kingdom, for righteous pursuits what a difference it would make if all doctors, lawyers, priests, and kings would heed the advice of the Savior when he said, But he that is greatest among you, shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted those engaged in the practices of medicine law religion and politics can all play important roles in the building of god's kingdom if they use their knowledge and abilities in the true service of their fellow men we will close this book with passages showing how this can be done in each of these four areas doctors and dash using the power of god to heal the sick and promote good health and he said unto them behold my bowels are filled with compassion towards you have you any that are sick among you bring them hither have you any that are lame, or blind, or holed, or maimed, or leprous, or that are withered, or that are deaf, or that are afflicted in any manner? Bring them hither and I will heal them, for I have compassion upon you. My bowels are filled with mercy. And there were great and marvelous works wrought by the disciples of Jesus, insomuch that they did heal the sick, and raise the dead, and cause the lame to walk, and the blind to receive their sight, and the deaf to hear and all manner of miracles did they work among the children of men, and in nothing did they work miracles save it were in the name of Jesus. I, Joseph Smith, preached to a large congregation at the stand, on the science and practice of medicine, desiring to persuade the saints to trust in God when sick, and not in an arm of flesh, and live by faith and not by medicine, or poison. Teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith doctors and their medicines I regard as a deadly pain to any community, Give your children, when sick, a little simple herb drink. And if they have eaten too much let them go without food until their stomachs are cleansed and purified, and have faith in the name of Jesus and in the ordinances of his church, and they will live. That is my faith with regard to this thing. Journal of discourses who is the real doctor? That man who knows by the spirit of revelation what ails an individual and by the same spirit knows what medicine to administer. That is the real doctor, the others are quacks. Journal of Discourses Lawyer's and Dash teaching the laws of God and settling disputes peacefully. The nearer man approaches perfection, the clearer his views, and the greater his enjoyments, till he has overcome the evils of his life and lost every desire for sin, and like the ancients, arrives at that point of faith where he is wrapped in the power and glory of his maker and is caught up to dwell with him. But we consider that this is a station to which no man ever arrived in a moment, he must have been instructed in the government and laws of that kingdom by proper degrees, until his mind is capable in some measure of comprehending the propriety, justice, equality, and consistency of the same teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith of, then, We admit that God is the source of all wisdom and understanding. We must admit that by his direct inspiration he has taught man that law is necessary in order to govern and regulate his own immediate interests and welfare. For this reason, that law is beneficial to promote peace and happiness among men. And as before remarked, God is the source from whence proceeds all good. And if man is benefited by law, then certainly law is good. And if law is good, then law, or the principle of it emanated from God for God is the source of all good. Consequently, then, he was the first author of law, or the principle of it, to mankind. Teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith lawyers are called upon to explain the civil law, and we must be lawyers in the law of the priesthood, to read, comprehend, and correctly teach the writings of Moses, of the psalmist, of the prophets and apostles, or to tell the truth as it comes fresh from heaven, independent of reading from any book. Journal of Discourses. If a wrong arises, the party wronged will go to his neighbor and quietly investigate whether the wrong was designed. And if the seeming transgressor is living according to the spirit of his religion, it will be found that he had designed no wrong, and that he will make ample amends, forgiveness will be accorded, and the trouble will end. This is the spirit and teaching of the gospel. Peace prevails. There are no lawsuits or contentions, no work for a poor miserable lawyer, who is seeking to breed disturbance in the community. I had to think very long of that class of men. If I had no better business than stirring up strife in the community, I would pray for my end on this earth, that I might go where I belonged. The teachings of Jesus and his apostles inculcated peace and prevented contention, discord, strife, quarreling and lawsuits. And the gospel, today, has the same effects as then. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 13, 218, Priests in dash teaching the revealed word of God and administering in the saving ordinances, whenever there has been a righteous man on earth unto whom God revealed his word and gave power and authority to administer in his name, and where there is a priest of God m dash a minister who has power and authority from God to administer in the ordinances of the gospel and officiate in the priesthood of God, there is the kingdom of God teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith. Those holding the fullness of the Malchizedek priesthood are kings and priests of the Most High God, holding the keys of power and blessings. In fact, that priesthood is a perfect law of theocracy, and stands as God to give laws to the people, administering endless lives to the sons and daughters of Adam. Teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith. Kings and Ash governing in righteousness and promoting peace and goodwill among all men. Dan Jones heard Wilson law. declare that while he, Mr. Smith, was once preaching from Daniel 2nd chapter, 44th verse, he said that the kingdom referred to was already set up, and that he was the king over it. We understand that we are to be made kings and priests unto God. Now if I be made a king and lawgiver to my family, and if I have many sons, I shall become the father of many fathers, for they will have sons, and their sons will have sons, and so on from generation to generation, and, in this way, I may become the father of many fathers, or the king of many kings. This will constitute every man a prince, king, lord, or whatever the father sees fit to confer upon us. In this way we can become king of kings, and lord of lords, or father of fathers, or prince of princes, and this is the only course, for another man is not going to raise up a kingdom for you. Journal of discourses there is not a king governor, or ruler, but what desires, and is endeavouring to obtain the influence that I and my brethren possess and are lawfully striving to obtain. Do you suppose that there was ever a president of the United States, but what desired the confidence of his constituents? No, never. Was there ever a senator, a representative, a governor of a state, a politician, or a priest, but what desired the same power in his sphere that I have in mine? They cannot get it because they do not know how. What is the reason? They have not got the kingdom of God, which binds the people together. They are ignorant of it, though we have traveled, barefooted and almost naked, to preach it to them. And I say that they are to be pitied. Journal of discourses this priesthood, including that of the Aaronic, holds the keys of revelation of the oracles of God to man upon the earth. The power and right to give laws and commandments to individuals, churches, rulers, nations in the world, to appoint, ordain, and establish constitutions and kingdoms, to appoint kings, presidents, governors or judges, and to ordain or anoint them to their several holy callings, also to instruct, warn, or approve them by the word of the Lord. Our test now is learning the difference between the work of the Lord and the crafts of the devil, and then supporting the one and condemning the other. We have been instructed to prepare to build up Zion and not spend another day building up Babylon. Brigham Young made this very clear, Brother Joseph Smith gave us the word of the Lord. It was simply this, never do another day's work to build up a gentile city. Never lay out another dollar while you live, to advance the world in its present state. Journal of Discourses establishing Zion was the constant theme of the ancient prophets. The term Zion is used in over 100 references in the Doctrine and Covenants. These great patriarchs longed for the time when the Zion of Christ's kingdom was once again be established on earth. Then it would be as it was in the days of Enoch when the Lord called his people Zion, because they were of one heart and one mind, and dwelt in righteousness. And there was no poor among them. The Lord certainly was talking to the people in our day when he said, Wherefore, lift up your hearts and rejoice, and gird up your loins, and take upon you my whole armour, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, having done all, that you may be able to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, which I have sent mine angels to commit unto you, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of my spirit, which I will pour out upon you, and my word which I reveal unto you, and be agreed as touching all things whatsoever ye ask of me, and be faithful until I come, and ye shall be caught up, that where I am ye shall be also. Amen. Through truth, righteousness, preparation, and faith, the valiant saints will receive his spirit. The crafts of the devil will be detected, overcome, and eliminated, and the Zion of our God in Christ will be established.
0: Okay. We're now at 25 minutes into the program. And I will uh, start the reading portion of the program. The Genuine and Counterfeit, pages 229-240 to of the Four Crafts, Conclusion We can't serve two masters. Nearly everything pertaining to God can be and usually is duplicated by the devil. The devil is the master imitator, forger, counterfeiter, and deceiver. Lehi in the Book of Mormon warned his son Jacob, quote, for it must needs be that there is an opposition in all things, 2 Nephi chapter 2, verse 11. And in our day, Joseph Smith warned us, quote, False prophets have always arisen to oppose the true prophets, and they will prophesy so very near to the truth that they will deceive almost the very chosen ones, or very elect. In relation to the kingdom of God, the devil always sets up his kingdom at the very same time in opposition to God. Teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith, page 365. And, you know, the devil's kingdom, the devil's prophet, the one that, <clears throat> the one that the very elect of God are fooled by, he's going to be popular with them. Like, I had hope that Denver Snuffer was probably going to be, like, a true servant. Even though he was a lawyer and engaged in lawyer craft. I just find it interesting. He had his experiences the same time I had my experiences. He came on the scene in a big way in 2013... Which is the same time I came on the scene. Like, there's a lot of parallelisms, including, like, where he lived and, like, his military career. Like, I am not in the military, but I was raised up in the military. And, like, his him living in New Hampshire, and just, there's a lot of parallelisms that are just really interesting. And um, I found out... Even though I wanted, I was hoping that he was going to be one of these true servants. I had a, uh, an invitation to speak at a conference in Boise, Idaho. And Tony Davis was the one who put it together. Now, he since passed away. But Tony Davis was one of my followers. He listened to my programs a lot. And he really just bugged me to death about how I needed to come speak at his conference. And he bugged me like right off. As soon as he knew he was going to be doing this. Conference in Boise, Idaho. He kept bugging me, and I finally just said, "Yeah, okay, I'll do it." I didn't want to. My wife was pregnant with our our son Ezekiel at the time, and I didn't want to leave my wife. Um, but I made the commitment to to go. So anyway. Um, it's getting kind of close to when the conference is going to be, and I get a a message from Tony Davis, and um he he uh, he says, "Oh, we don't need you anymore." And I'm like, "What are you talking about? Like you bugged me to death about coming and being part of this thing, and um and they didn't need me anymore." And, and so I got a call from, or not a call, but a message from Adrian Larson, and he. He told me they didn't need me at the conference and thanks for volunteering and all of that. Like, it's a conference where they're going to invite a bunch of people from different groups that want to talk about Zion's redemption. And anyway, I, I called Tony Davis and I said, Hey, what's going on? Like, you bug me to death. Like, I don't want to do it. I kept telling you I didn't want to do it. I finally say, I'm going to, oh, fine, I'll do it Could you bug me to death. And now I tried right before the conference and you're telling me you don't want me to be there now. And he hemmed and hawed around about it. But eventually he told me when, when Denver Snuffer found out I was going to be one of the speakers there, he told Tony Davis that if I was going to be there, he would not be there. He would not speak at the conference. And I was like, what the heck? And like Tony Davis... He made a good point. Like, Denver Snuffer is way more popular than I am. He's got a bigger following. So, even though Tony didn't want to go along with that, he was basically strong-armed by Denver Snuffer and Adrian Larson into, into disinviting me from the conference. Like, I've learned since then that, you know, there was a lot of things I would try to give Denver, Snuffer, and others these passes on. But really what they do is they teach so very close to the truth, but in key points of doctrine, they will lead the people astray. There's a lot of people that Denver Snuffer, um, that, that people follow Denver Snuffer, and they're all like, oh, when are we going to do all these things? Like... Let's, let's get United Orders, let's do this, let's do that, and Denver Snuffer, just, he's not going to do it. He doesn't want to be called a prophet, but, like, if anybody, like, opposes him, he's not going to listen to, to him. You know, and I don't oppose, well, I didn't at the time, but, like, I even read one of his uh, books on my old radio program, back at uh, The Kingdom of God or Nothing, um program that i used to have (coughs) excuse me but uh in key points of doctrine they will lead the people astray when the people want to move forward and do what god is impressing upon them to do these false prophets who the devil raises up who are so very close to the truth will stop them from moving in the direction that these people have been inspired to move in. And, like, Kevin and Kraut and I were talking about this, and he was like, the true prophets are never popular. Nobody ever really accepts them when... They come, they'll always accept these false prophets. Like with Jeremiah, after the fact, everybody realized Jeremiah was telling the truth, you know. But he wasn't accepted as a true prophet while he was alive. It was only later that they realized, oh, he really was telling us the truth. And I don't know if it goes to show anybody anything about anything, but, like, I have been rejected for the last ten years. For the last nine or eight, whatever it's been, it's been ten years, basically. I... It's pretty close to 10 since I found out who I was. But even before that, like, I would talk about my experiences with the Father and the Son, mostly in the third hand, like, talking about it. Like, Paul, he said, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Like, he's talking about his own experiences, but he doesn't want people to know it's him, right? But he still wants people to know about the experience, I was doing the same thing because I believed the lie that some things are too sacred to talk about. And I just I felt like I needed to share my experiences with people because I wanted people to know, you know, these things still do happen in the church. I didn't realize that they kind of don't. They happened to me because I was foreordained to this this role of being the witness of the father and the son but anyway so uh, in 2013 God told me to be bold with my witness and to teach the people and I've been doing that ever since and relatively few accept my message but literally hundreds of thousands of people have heard my message and for those of you who have heard my message, it's up to you to find out if, if I really am who I say I am. But also, it's up to you to share my message with other people so that so that the blood of the, the innocent isn't upon your garments. Because people don't know where to turn, and they're turning to people like Denver Snuffer and others and these men are Judas goats. When doctors, lawyers, priests, and kings use their skills and talents to benefit themselves before their fellow men, thus turning their profession into a craft, they then become part of the devil's counterfeit system. They become an integral part of the kingdoms of the world the devil's kingdom, whose power currently covers the earth. The kingdom of God is now merely a small stone in comparison. However, it will roll forth and become mighty and eventually overcome the kingdom of the devil. H. Verlin Anderson defines these two kingdoms, quote, The kingdom of the devil is as much a physical reality as the kingdom of God. The scriptures describe both an actual organization among men here on earth, and the kingdom of God is an order of government established by divine authority. As the prophets have said, we may assume the kingdom of the devil is an order of government established under his influence and subject to his control. This conclusion is supported by the thesis, advanced herein, that the devil's church is prostituted government because according to the words of Nephi, the great and abominable church and the kingdom of the devil are one and the same. End quote. The great and abominable church of the devil by Anderson, page 154. I gotta say something though. There's been a a misinterpretation of scripture here With Daniel chapter 7 I think it is Well There is a mountain made without hands And there is a stone That is cut out of the mountain The mountain made without The hands of mortal men Is a mountain of God Is the church Like the prophet Joseph Smith Did deliver the messages That God had But it was God that built the mountain. It's a mountain made without hands. And the stone is the stone and shepherd of Joseph that would be cut out of that organization. That would roll forth. That's why you're not seeing... Like everybody thinks that that stone is the church. It's not. The mountain is the church. The stone is cut out of the church or excommunicated from the church. And when he rolls forth, he is the one who, whose, the political position of the kingdom of God rests on his shoulders. And when that kingdom is born, that individual will be head of that kingdom to prepare the kingdom of God on earth for Zion's redemption. Continuing on with the reading, And the devil and Christ are antagonists. They will never make a peace treaty. They won't even shake hands. They are both dedicated to their own cause and always will be. There can be no union between the Prince of Light and the Prince of Darkness. They each represent good and evil, right and wrong, negative and positive. Compromises and mergers and manifestos are not even a possibility between the two opposite forces. Both Christ and Satan have a priesthood and, and they each have their own apostles and devoted followers. It should be impossible likewise for these two groups of followers to make compromises and treaties with each other. For the Savior said, quote, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Matthew chapter six, verse 24. They that are not for us are against us. So say I, and who can't see see that all these merchants, lawyers, and doctors are not for us. Their interests are not identified with ours, neither do they care for our welfare and property. Times and Seasons, Volume 5, page 675. And that was Joseph Smith as recorded in the Times and Seasons. Yet most Christians want to make some kind of middle road and serve Christ without offending the devil. But as the scriptures say, this just can't be done. The nations, governments, and businesses of the world are, one, are part of one huge corporation named Babylon the Great. The power, the glory, and the dominion of today's Babylon would make ancient Babylon Babylon green with envy. But in reality, the great world leaders who appear so marvelous in the eyes of the people are not pleasing before the Lord. Quote, But you take those who bear the sway among men, those who hold the affairs of the nations in their hands, Catch them in the dark, and they are the lowest of the creations of God. End quote. Brigham Young Journal of Discourses, Volume 14, Page 83. As in the days of Noah, God will not let His condition continue. This condition continue much longer, because of this universal wickedness. Great destruction will take place in all corrupt powers and false crafts. Even all nations will, will be destroyed. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. Okay, so let's just take the thing I was talking about before, the stone cut out of the mountain. He says in the days of these kingdoms, the kingdoms that will fall. The, distru- the, d- the destruction of Babylon the great. In that day that's when the kingdom is set up that will not fall it's not talking about the church in the day when these kingdoms fall God will set up a kingdom which will not be destroyed the reason they won't be destroyed is because they will have the fullness of the priest the church qualified For that, if they were obedient and they were not obedient in Nauvoo and they were rejected for disobedience and cursed to the third and fourth generation from 1843 to 2003. And then things began to slowly start moving forward again. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Oh, so that's Daniel chapter 2, verse 44. So I was wrong about where it was before. I thought I thought it was talking about chapter 7. <laughs> chapter 7 is where the, the little horn wears out the saints of the Most High until the Ancient of Days comes. So, anyway, continuing on. Wherefore, O ye Gentiles, it is wisdom in God that these things should be shown unto you, and thereby ye may repent of your sins and suffer not these murderous combinations that shall get above you, which are built up to get power and gain, and the work, yea, even the work of destruction come upon you, even the sword of justice of the eternal God shall fall upon you to your overthrown destruction if you shall suffer these things to be Ether chapter 8 verse 23 and you know what they have gotten over us they are working our destruction they want it they think they're going to do something and, and God he does you know the sword of justice does fall upon us and upon them for allowing this to happen but they want your death and your destruction when Biden got into office he immediately on day one he shut down all of the oil pipelines and pulled all the leases for exploratory drilling and pulled a ton ...of the federal leases for drilling oil. They've gone into the Federal Reserve, <clears throat> into the, the uh, military reser- uh, oil reserve, to try to drain that as well because we need oil so badly... They even went to Saudi Arabia and to our enemies in Venezuela to try to get oil. When all they had to do is open up those pipelines and start drilling again. Now they're drilling as much as they can. I'm about to go take a job hauling crude oil. They just, from last month to this month, they've gone up from 2,000 barrels a day to 4,500 barrels a day. Or maybe it was 2,500 barrels a day to 4,000. It doesn't matter. It's... We have the oil in this where we have more oil in this country and more natural gas. We do not need anything from anywhere else. When I was working in the oil fields back from 2008 to 2010, when Obama got into office, they did the same thing that Joe Biden did this time. And 75% of the people that worked in the oil fields got laid off. They mothballed all of these drilling rigs that were going for full bore. And they just shut it off and then everything went up. Inflation, uh, the price of oil, the price per barrel, um, our gas prices, which affected the diesel fuel, which affected transportation, which affected... Our economy in a bad way and like they've done that on steroids this time and you're seeing a massive amount of, of inflation and now they're saying that there's not enough diesel it's been done by design if there's no diesel let me tell you what happens if there's no diesel there's no way to get crude oil or not crude oil, there's no way to get uh, coal to the power plants because 100% of coal is moved by machines that run diesel. Trains and semi-trucks move diesel to the power plants so that we have electricity. If that shuts down, goodbye electricity. They need the electricity to run the flipping... um, the drilling rigs and stuff too like it's just a massive mess and it's been done on purpose and if we don't have enough diesel trucking lanes will stop you will not have food in your homes how do you think farmers make food The equipment that they use is all diesel-powered. They're doing this on purpose. They have been destroying... uh, They've been destroying food production facilities. They've been setting your forests on fire. They did that last year. This year, they've been setting your... uh, Your food production places, your your dairies, your cattle places, your hog farms, your just your meat processing plants, like they've just been burning them down. And there's been people in the government that have been implicated in and charge charged for doing these things or ordering these things. I remember when I was a kid in the Soviet Union Um, Well, we lived in Okinawa, Japan, and we used to get threatened by the Soviet Union all the time because we had the SR-71, which would take off from from Kadena Air Force Base, and then the uh, the U-2 spy plane was stationed at Osan South... No, was it Osan? Yeah, I think it was Osan, South Korea, which I, as a kid, as a 10-year-old kid, I watched these planes take off and land we were on the tarmac when we landed on a c-130 coming from kadina over to osan south korea and i watched them land a u2 and then it brought it over to where we were and i watched them put the uh the canopy on top so that the men who are inside in their spacesuits could get out it was awesome i'm I don't even know how in the world we were allowed to, to be there for that to happen. But I was there. I watched it. But they also used to threaten us with nu- nuclear devastation all the time. And, like, I was really into the Soviet Union and, to, you know... And I was told that, like, oh, they just lied to their people all the time through their news networks. And, like... People in the Soviet Union, they don't even know what's going on in the rest of the world and, and all these things. Well, we're living in what they were living in back in those days, today. Your media outlets are lying to you left and right. This nation is completely under the control of satanic forces and is in the process of being destroyed. Part of the reason why God told me to flee the populated areas and to come to where I am is because he is going to have a righteous remnant who are hid away in the secret places in the deserts while Babylon the Great burns so that when the kingdom of God with the fullness of priesthood authority comes forth it will be established and not left to other people and this land will not be left to the wicked but the righteous will inherit it but Isaiah saw that it's only a small remnant that actually sees that take place but two with the fullness of the priesthood we'll be able to destroy 10,000 to control the elements through the fullness of the priesthood there they won't stand a chance but we don't have it yet I've been given the fullness I don't have the ability to give that to you there has to be a people who build the tabernacle in the wilderness where the Most High can come dwell therein, that he might restore that which was lost unto you or that which was taken away even the fullness of the priesthood. He has to do it. Continuing on. And thus with the sword and by bloodshed the inhabitants of the earth shall mourn And with famine and plague and earthquake and thunder of heaven and the fierce and vivid lightning also shall the inhabitants of the earth be made to feel the wrath and indignation and chastening hand of the Almighty God until the consumption decreed hath made a full end of all nations. Doctrine and Covenants section 87 verse 6. Okay, I just got back. Uh, I got a text from my wife. Apparently, there's been a shooting in Bryce, Utah. And it happened either at or in front of one of the teacher's homes. So we're praying for her family. She wasn't there when it happened. Um, she just got notified it's not even in the news yet. Um Kim just wanted to let me know what was going on. So anyway, by the time this airs, it will probably be in the news. So just praying that whoever was shot will survive and praying that this wasn't uh, directed at the family of this uh, teacher that works with my wife. Continuing on with the reading. In any kingdom or government or dominion that is not under my direction and does not acknowledge me, I will not acknowledge, saith the Lord of hosts. And if they fight against me, and my laws, and my church, and my kingdom They shall be overthrown in mine own due time For I have so decreed, even so, amen And that was a revelation given from Jesus Christ To John Taylor in 1882 You can read that full revelation if you go to Ogdenkraut.com and you read the book Revelations 1880 to 1890, and it's on page 34 of that book. That book is for free to read online, like I said. Uh, there's a number of revelations that the LDS Church is hidden, and that is one of them. Uh, and they hide them because they, the church. I know this is a really unpopular opinion. But the church was hijacked by Babylonian businessmen after it was cursed and rejected by Jesus. So I personally only accept Joseph Smith as the Lord's anointed until I became the Lord's anointed in 2003 when the father placed his physical hands on my physical head. I'm an apostle of the father and an apostle of the son. Continuing on with the reading What is the Responsibility then of the righteous Saints who have to live In such worldly conditions Is there any hope For them to survive all this destruction There there Is if they first recognize The false crafts and the wickedness That exists Among themselves And then remove it from Themselves So this This separating of the wheat and tares, a lot of the people inside the church think that the tares are being taken out of the church. And there are tares being taken out of the church, but the wheat is going with it. And they're being divided up. Because the church will never be set in order. In D&C section 85, when Jesus says, I will send one mighty and strong to set the house of God in order, that's not the church, that's the house. That's the whole umbrella. But every single one of the branches of the restoration that came out of Nauvoo was rejected by Jesus Christ because of disobedience in building the temple whereby the Most High could come dwell there, and that he might restore that which was lost unto you, or that which he hath taken away, even the fullness of the priesthood. See, the Father is the one that Jesus Christ is speaking about, that had to do the work, and it was never done. Brigham Young lied, and he he claimed to have had been given the fullness of the priesthood by Joseph Smith in the Red Brick Story. But the problem with that is the temple where Jesus said the Father had to come dwell therein that he might restore the fullness of the priesthood. They were just working on the second story of the temple, and no heavenly visitors ever came to that place. Not the Father, not the Son, no angels, no one. In order for the fullness of the priesthood to be restored, the Father had to come to a finished temple so that he could restore it to the people, which included Joseph Smith. Brigham Young claimed that Joseph Smith gave him the fullness of the priesthood in the red brick store. Well, that contradicts DNC section 124. And the fact that Joseph Smith wasn't the one who was supposed to restore it. And Joseph Smith never had it given to him. And even if he did, he could not pass it on because it takes the very presence of of the Father among those who have been given the Melchizedek priesthood, the first order of the Melchizedek priesthood, where the priesthood is given from uh, one individual to another, you have to have that in order to come into the presence of the Father so that he can restore the fullness to you. But it has to be either upon a mountaintop or in a temple. And in order to give it to the individuals in Nauvoo to the saints it was required that a temple be built which was never finished and Jesus said all they who hinder this work will be cursed to the third and fourth generation and if you don't do what I say you'll be rejected as a church with your dead which Joseph Smith said happened in 1843 as recorded by Lyman White the church was rejected, and they knew it. Brigham Young did not have the authority that he claimed, but God is no respecter of persons, and those who, who go after him, he will reveal himself to. And I believe that he revealed himself, uh, has revealed himself to many who are not the Lord's anointed, but they are still prophets of God. They just don't have the authority that they might think that they have. Brigham Young didn't have the authority that he claimed to have. Of course, everybody told him he was a prophet, so obviously he had to believe them, but he said that he was nothing more than a good Yankee guesser. And the LDS Church would... would throw Brigham out if it wasn't for the fact that they claimed their authority through him but Brigham did not have the authority to lead the church and neither did any of the other groups that came out of Nauvoo because the church in Nauvoo before everything broke apart was rejected according to Joseph Smith Anyway, let's see here. There is such an unlimited power to do evil, which the wicked use for the oppression of the feeble, to oppress the poor, the honest in heart, whom they rule by priestcraft, kingcraft, and every other wicked craft that mankind in their degeneracy can devise so that it would seem almost impossible even for the Almighty to establish his kingdom and save his people without withdrawing them from the wicked nations. Daniel H. Wells, Journal of Discourses, Volume 9, page 261. As this has been the case in every former age and dispensation, so it is now. Hence the Latter-day Saints in every, in every part of the globe are commanded to gather out from the midst and of wickedness, corruption, and priestcraft and every abomination that exists and assembles themselves in one place, for what purpose? That we may be separated from the world and its corruption, which would otherwise work for our temporal and spiritual destruction. Orson Pratt, Journal of Discourses, Volume 12, page 303. See, the gathering commandment has never been rescinded. But in the Reed Smoot hearings, the church was commanded by the devil, I mean, I'm sorry, by the U.S. government, same difference, not to bring people to immigrate people anymore I mean they confiscated the uh, the immigration fund and they were still coming and, and the government was basically like you can't do this anymore you can't have this gathering because they wanted to stop it so then Joseph F. Smith who was president of the church at the time he said oh Zion's wherever we're at we're gonna let people build up temples in Zion do you have have any idea how many people who who are saints of the church have died because they have not gathered to this this place to this North American continent where Jacob saw his this the posterity of Joseph be taken to? Because they were being obedient to the words of a prophet who told him not to gather. Many times early LDS church leaders warned that if the saints did not reject wickedness and live righteously that God would raise up a people from among this people to accomplish his purposes. God will preserve a portion of this people and the meek and the humble to bear off the kingdom to the inhabitants of the earth and will defend his priesthood for it is the last time. The last gathering time. Brigham Young Conference. Uh, oh. It's C O N T. I don't know what that means. Volume ten. Contributor, I think. Volume ten, page three hundred and sixty-two. And this is actually... I don't know why Ogden Kraut used this quote. Because Brigham Young actually talked about this in other places as well. Journal of Discourses, for instance. um, Where God would, according to, to Brigham Young... And you know where Brigham Young got it from? Joseph Smith talked about these things. A lot of the stuff that Brigham knew that he tried to expound upon... He learned from Joseph Smith, not by revelation. There's a lot of errors in what Brigham Young taught. But he learned it from Joseph Smith, and then he would try to put his spin on it. But, Joseph Smith was told by Jesus Christ, if you guys aren't going to do what you're told, then I will go and I will choose another people. And... Brigham Young was right. When Isaiah saw only a remnant of the righteous, it's because the remnant, the wheat of the church, the wheat of the gospel would be gathered out of the church. And Brigham Young's prophecy, which was really Joseph Smith's, which was really Jesus Christ's, will come true that God will choose another people in the midst of these people to carry out his work. And that started, and Satan has raised up false prophets who are very close to the truth, who give people deep doctrine. They, they show people things, but in key points of doctrine, they lead the people astray so they will not gather with the remnant. Continuing on, starting with another quote A people will come forth from among us Who will be zealous of good works Willing to do the bidding of the Lord Who will be taught in his ways And who will walk in his paths Daniel H. Wells, Deseret News, November 6, 1875 You know, I only do this because I was called to it. I was excited when God called me to it because I thought, oh, this is going to be great. We'll have United Orders. We'll have the gathering. We'll have all these things. And over the years, I have been completely worn out and to the point where, you know, I have had my calling and election made sure. I have been sealed up unto the Father. The only way that I'm going to lose that is if I take my own life because innocent blood or take the life of others or or become uh, uh, reject those things I know, which I will never do. But I'm just tired and I don't want to do this anymore. I really just don't want to do this anymore. But I continue because God commanded me to do it and I'm going to try to be obedient even though I am so uh, so tired sorry my uh I used my iPhone to record these and upload them and my wife called me so you didn't hear that uh the ringing but it cut off the recording and now I'm back Apparently, uh, one of her kids in her classroom earned a super-duper prize of slime. And she wanted to know how to make slime. And I told her, well, you can't do that to those their parents. Because, like, what parent wants slime in their house? I... Ugh. Anyway, so I'm back. But, um... I was just saying that I'm tired. Um, I'm physically worn out and worn out in so many ways, and today is a harder day just because today is um, my daughter's two year old uh two year birthday from the day she was born, and she only lived thirteen hours, and it's still pretty raw. But also, I'm physically worn out because um, I don't talk about this very often, but I have scoliosis. And uh, 20 years ago, I was rear-ended by a semi-truck that was doing about 55 when I was stopped at the red light. And I've had... Problems ever since. And about actually 26 days ago today, I had x rays done and I'm supposed to get a CT scan because they found out that my neck, like the x ray tech says, Whoa, did you get into an accident or something? And I was like, yeah, 20 years ago, and I got to see the x-rays of my neck. My neck is so screwed up, and I've been dealing with this pain for so long, and I've been complaining about it, and nobody's ever, they don't listen to me. I don't know why, but finally, after complaining to my primary care physician for years, he says, well, let's get an x-ray, and then they found out that, oh, there's something really wrong here and by the way, did you know you have scoliosis? <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyway, but um, I'm supposed to get a CT scan, and uh, I guess he dropped the ball because I've been waiting for the insurance to pre-approve it, and nobody has... I finally called the insurance yesterday. I'm like, what's taking so long? And they're like, oh, we didn't even get anything, so either the doctor or the woman that's supposed to get the pre-authorization dropped the ball um, and now I'm trying to get that taken care of but my body just hurts. I don't I wish I could just turn my body off. Like I wish that we had a switch where I could just turn my body off and let it heal and then come back and for it to be fine but there is no such button (laughs) and it doesn't matter because um my body's never gonna heal i guess i'm being put through this for some reason i don't i don't know but um as long as i'm a truck driver which is all i've ever wanted to be and it's all i can ever imagine being i'm just gonna have to deal with the pain and like I don't even know. I'm just so completely over everything. (laughs) But I'm going to continue to support my family the best that I can, even if I am in pain. My last day on, I've taken three days off, and my body's been in pain all week. I'm going to go back to work tonight, I think. But um, I did... Uh, four days at 12 hours a day, 12 to 13 hours a day. And by the fourth day, I was in so much pain. I could barely stand being in the truck. And I just, I couldn't do it anymore. And like, it's partly because the truck I'm driving has such a short wheelbase and it's so rough riding. And the mind that I'm going to, the road is so rough that it really just affects me like the old mine that that I was going to caught on fire and the reason I like going to that mine is because the road was smooth i mean it's still like you have no idea if you haven't if you if you're not a truck driver you don't know how rough the road really is like driving in a car on the same roads wouldn't be as bad but driving in a semi truck it's just It throws you around. It vibrates you. And uh, I could handle the one mine. But that caught on fire. And a lot of damage was done. And now we're at this other mine. Everybody's at this other mine. And the road down there just is... It's very hard on me. To the point where my hands hurt... Uh, they go numb. My arms go numb. And this all has to do with this injury that I have in my neck, which apparently I got back in that accident so long ago, 20 years ago. And uh, and they want to do a CT scan and then hopefully give me a shot in my spine that'll help me not be in pain so much. And that a quality, quality of life will actually... I think if I'm not in so much pain that that would help a lot, but then there's other things too. I have diabetes because I, um, fell into a frack pond, in uh, November of 2009. And I had pulled, and I'd taken most of the water out of that pond and it was just chemicals left. And, uh, I was poisoned really bad and it screwed me up internally. And, uh, Oh, man, that was a mess, but I'm still alive, but I'm dealing with uh, my pancreas was fried, my kidneys are screwed up, my liver screwed up. and uh, for some reason, I'm still here. I can't die. and I have tried. I know I'm going off on the tangents right now, but um, I have tried to commit suicide a a number of times. And the last time I tried, I took... um, About 5,000 milligrams of tramadol. Which is enough to kill an elephant. And seven hours later, I woke up and I threw it all up. And I was high for three days. And I was like, okay. And this is after I had tried hanging myself three separate times... Like, I'm supposed to be here. I can't escape this world. Um, and this is all before I was married to my wife and had kids and all of that. Um, but I'm here. I can't not be here. I'm here. I have a mission. God has an appointed time for me to die. And it's not going to happen at my own hands and it's not going to happen because somebody tries to kill me, which I've been shot at four times. Um, I felt the wind of bullets on my face, literally. Um, I had a car. Well, I've had multiple close close calls with car accidents, but one of the most interesting ones was uh, i was coming down off the mormon mesa no i was going up on the mormon mesa there was another car coming down the mormon mesa just by Moapa, um nevada on i-15 and a car lost control and they come flying through the intersection sideways I was doing about 70 I have no idea how fast they were going but they were out of control and they were sliding sideways through the through the median and I should have t-boned them and my hands were up on the steering wheel and all of these rocks came through the windshield and I had shards of glass in my hands. But right before I should have hit him, It's like they bounced off of a brick wall that wasn't there And I was completely just protected They were protected too That person should have died I should have died too And a lot of people will say uh, They used to call me Lazarus a lot You know the one that was brought back from the dead except for i never died but i should i should be dead so many times i could probably do a radio show on how many times and all the experiences where i should have been dead where i should where i have been blown up and shot at and like car accidents and suicide attempts and and i'm still here And I'm thankful that I'm here, but at the same time, I'm so tired. My body's just so tired. I'm spiritually and physically and mentally worn out. Uh, But I'm going to keep plugging along. keep doing these programs because I think they're important now this is going to be a long one because I'm only 36% done with the program for today and it's the conclusion so I need to get into the into this reading even more and we're uh, an hour and 21 minutes into the program at this point Luckily, my son Arius is asleep on the couch next to me. And uh, he's giving me the time that I need to do this program, so I'm happy that he's asleep. And uh, I'll, I'll have to give him something to eat when he wakes up. But I do not know, but that it would be... An utter impossibility to commence and carry out some principles pertaining to Zion right in the midst of this people. They have strayed so far that to get a people who would conform to heavenly laws it may be needful to lead some from um, from the midst of this people and commence anew. That was Orson Pratt. Journal of Discourses, volume 15, page 357. So these are conference talks for those of you that don't know. And Orson Pratt was a leader in the church. He was one of the 12. And that guy was, he had a mind that was just an amazing mind. The Savior used three parables in referring to this great separation between the righteous and the wicked, comparing the people to fish, sheep, and wheat. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which when it was full, they drew it to shore and sat down and gathered the good into the vessels and cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just. Matthew chapter 13 verses 47 through 49 When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered of all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from among the goats, and he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 33. and We're actually at 52% of the reading today, and we're on page 234 if you're reading along with us. Oh wait, let me think. Let me see here. Where are we at? Nope, we're at 42%. I'm wrong. Okay, pause that. The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. Let both wheat and tares grow together until the harvest and the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares and bind them into bundles and burn them. But gather the wheat unto my barns. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 and 30. If there is to be this great sifting between the good fish and the bad, sheep and goats, and the bad, I'm sorry, the good fish and the bad, the sheep and the goats, the wheat and the tares, then where is the dividing line? Who will be burned and who will be saved? Certainly those who support or practice the four crafts spoken of here will not be on the right hand of of Christ. Christians throughout the world offer up the Lord's Prayer, saying, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, Matthew 6, verse 10. But are we really sincere in this prayer when we continue to support doctor craft, lawyer craft, priest craft, and king craft? Crafts that do not even exist in heaven. If we understand the doctrines of Christ and would practice them, we would not stand in need of of much government. Being possessed of knowledge of the truth and having a desire in our hearts to obey it, we would not need be, uh, we would not need judges or lawyers or governors or and rulers. For God would be our governor and Christ would be our lawgiver. And we would delight to obey him. Joseph Smith, I'm sorry, that's Joseph F. Smith in Collected Discourses, Volume 4, page 295. It stands to reason, then, if we support these four crafts, we do not understand the doctrines of Christ, nor do we possess a knowledge of the truth And have a desire in our hearts to obey it. Thus it is difficult today to find many saints who stand valiant for Christ and His Kingdom. And we're on page two hundred and thirty five. Four righteous excuse me, four righteous pursuits. What a difference it would make if all doctors, lawyers, priests and kings would heed the advice of the Savior when he said, quote, but he that is greatest among you shall be your servant, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall be humble or that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Matthew chapter 23, verses 11 and 12. Those engaged in the practice of medicine, law, religion, and politics can all play important roles in the building of God's kingdom if they use their knowledge and abilities in the true service of their fellow men. We will close this book with passages showing how this can be done in each of these four areas. Doctors Using the power of God to heal the sick and promote good health, And he said unto them, Behold, my bowels are filled with compassion towards you. Have ye any that are sick among you, bring them hither. Have ye any that are lame or blind or halt or maimed or leprous or that are withered or that are deaf or that are afflicted in any manner. Bring them hither and I will heal them, for I have compassion upon you. My bowels... (coughs) My bowels are filled with mercy. Third Nephi, chapter 17, verses 6 and 7. And that was Jesus Christ. So, in the Bible it says, Other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also must I bring. There shall be one fold and one shepherd. But Jesus never went to any other people than those in the Middle East, in that holy land there. But he said that he had to go among other sheep. And there were other sheep that were scattered away in the Assyrian captivity. Not just the tribe of Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh. There was other tribes as well. And he went among those people. We have a record of the the people of the tribe of Joseph that he went among. And that is the Book of Mormon. He went among them. He gathered them. He didn't send other people to them. He went personally as a resurrected being to them. And you can find that in 3 Nephi chapter 17, verses 6 and 7. And there were great and marvelous works wrought by the disciples of Jesus, insomuch that they did heal the sick and raise the dead and cause the lame to walk and the blind to receive their sight and the deaf to hear and all manner of miracles did they work among the children of men, and in nothing did they work miracles save it were in his, in the name of Jesus? Fourth Nephi, chapter, well, Fourth Nephi, verse five. Hmm, interesting. We're on page two hundred and thirty six. This is Joseph Smith. I preached to a large congregation at the stand. On the science and practice of medicine, desiring to persuade the saints to trust in God when sick and not in the arm of flesh, and live by faith and not by medicine or poison. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 190. So, and like, I believe that there is good medications and bad medications, but it doesn't matter what the tests are. Like you shouldn't be putting anything into your body unless you get revelation from God that you, that it's okay. So you do your own study. You you research what it is that the doctors are trying to give you and see, like what the effects are, what the side effects are. Like then you make a decision and you take that to God and you tell him, okay, I've studied this out. I think this is all right for me to take or or not take. <laughs> as the case may be, and then you just tell God what you're going to do, like a child that goes to their parent. And if you make the decision to put something into your body that you are given to help you in some way, it might be good for you. But God knows the end from the beginning. He knows whether this is going to be good for you or not. And if it's going to be bad for you, then the Spirit will withdraw from you. Like, there are people who get injured by chemicals being put into their body that will kill them. And God knows that their specific chemistry in their body will not work well with the thing that is trying to, that these doctors are trying to put into us individually. And if we go to God and he tells us not to do it, no matter who tells us that we should do it, then we need to stick with that. And if we if we decide we're going to get the, the chemicals, these medicines in our body, that uh, if God withdraws from us and we're left to the buffetings of Satan and the exact opposite of the fruit of the Spirit and we're told no, then we need to repent from that thing that we were going to do. And turn to God and tell him, okay, I'm not going to do it. And let his word be the final word, because not even the flesh of your own mind should be trusted, much less the flesh of others. We're commanded in scripture many times, do not trust in the arm of flesh or to make flesh your arm, which basically just means... We shouldn't even trust in our own flesh. We should try to study it out, but we should take everything and let God be the final word in our lives. And one of the sad things I see among the Latter-day Saints now is that people are at the request, I don't know if that's the right word, of the leadership of the church just willy-nilly running around getting these... uh, injections these chemical injections into their body and people are dying or having severe vaccine injuries because of it and others may not be affected by it but you know what happens when your mom takes the chemicals into their body and they were healthy or when a a parent has the child taking the chemicals into the body, and these kids are having heart attacks, cardiac arrest now, or uh, palsy, or whatever other side effects are going on. And they're saying to themselves, and their families are saying amongst them, well, the prophet told us to do this. The prophet should have done is teach people how to get revelation for themselves. But he didn't do that because he's not a true prophet, for one. He's a Babylonian businessman who makes you smile and you love him so much. But he manipulates you. But he doesn't have the authority that he claims to have. And the, the, the utterances of the first presidency are not revelation or even inspiration not from God anyway. And so people are watching their families and they're watching people in their families have these injuries or dying. And they're saying, but the president of the church told us to do it. And all he's done is expedite people leaving the church. And they couldn't, well they do care, I'd say they couldn't care less because they don't really need you anymore. They have so much money, it's just ridiculous how much, they do not need you anymore. It is a power game with these people. They're using the Enzyme Peak account billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and ridiculous amounts of money and they are just spending the money like crazy to build temples that are not needed. Like the attendance rate in temples is is really low and they're just building these multi- hundred million dollar temples all over now because Russell M. Nelson wants you to be all happy that you know oh the work is rolling forth but nobody's even going to the temples that they have they're building the Ephraim temple like seven or eight miles away from the Manti temple and the Manti temple doesn't have the attendance that it needs to but it doesn't matter because they are wealthy beyond just even they've got more money i don't even know like how to to describe how much money these people have but they don't have united orders they don't have soup kitchens they don't have homeless shelters a bishop's storehouse isn't going to keep me warm at night like trying to get to a bishop's storehouse when you have no way to get there other than maybe the bus and then you go in and you get all this food and then you're homeless anyway where are you going to take it where's the soup kitchens where's the homeless shelters but they'll spend a hundred million dollars on a temple because they have the money to spend and they need to spend it, even though there's not a need for it. Anyway, so we are at fifty-eight percent through the reading for today. Doctors and their medicines, I regard as a deadly bane to any community. Give your children when sick a simple herb drink and if they have eaten too much let them go without food until their stomachs are cleansed and purified and have faith in the name of Jesus and in the ordinances of his church and they will live that is my faith with regards to this thing Brigham Young Journal of Discourses volume 14 page 109 Who is the real doctor That man who knows by the spirit of revelation what ails an individual, and by the same spirit knows what medicine to administer. That is the real doctor. The others are quacks. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 15, Page 226 Lawyers Teaching the laws of God and settling disputes peacefully... The nearer man approaches perfection, the clearer are his views and the greater his enjoyments, till he has overcome the evils of his life and lost every desire for sin, and, like the ancients, arrives at that point of faith where he is wrapped in the power and glory of his Maker and is caught up to dwell with him. But we consider that this is a station to which no man ever arrived in in a moment. We must have been instructed in the government and laws of that kingdom by proper decrees until his mind is capable in some measure of comprehending the propriety, justice, equity, and consistency of the same. And quote. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 51. If then we admit that God is the source of all wisdom and understanding, we must admit that by his direct inspiration he has taught men that that law is necessary in order to govern and regulate his own immediate interests and welfare. For this reason, that law is beneficial to promote peace and happiness among them. And as before remarked, God is the source from whence proceeds all good. And if man is benefited by law, then certainly law is good. And if law is good, then law or the principle of it emanates from God. For God is the source of all good. Consequently, when when he was the first author of the law, I'm sorry, consequently, he was the first author of the law and principle to it and to mankind teachings of the prophet joseph smith page 55 and 56. lawyers are called upon to explain the civil law and we must be lawyers in the law of the priesthood to read comprehend and correctly teach the writings of moses of the psalmist and the prophets and apostles, or to tell the truth as it comes fresh from heaven, independent of reading any book. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 7, page 202. And I completely, 10 billion percent agree with Brigham Young on that. That we need to be able to correctly comprehend and teach all of God's laws and instructions. But not just because we're reading a book. We need to be able to do that because we're getting revelation from God as a people. If a wrong arises, the party wronged will go to his neighbor and quietly investigate whether wrong was designed. And if the seeming transgressor is living according to the spirit of his religion, it will be found that he had designed no wrong and that he will make ample amends forgiveness will be accorded and the trouble will end this is the spirit and teaching of the gospel peace prevails there are no lawsuits or content contentions no work for a poor miserable lawyer who is seeking to breed dis- disturbances in the community i do think very low of the class of that class of men if i had no better business than stirring up strife in a community i would pray for my and on this earth that I might go to where I belong the teachings of Jesus Christ and his apostles inculcated peace and prevented contentions discord, strife, quarreling and lawsuits and the gospel today has the same effect as then T- uh, Brigham Young Journal of Discourses volume 13 page 218 or on page 238 excuse me, and we're at 74%. Priests, teaching the revealed word of God and administering in the saving ordinances wherever there has been a righteous man on the earth unto whom God revealed his word and gave power and authority to administer in his name and where there is a priest of god a minister who has power and authority from god to administer in the ordinances of the gospel and officiate in the priesthood of god there is the kingdom of god teachings of the prophet joseph smith page 271 those holding the fullness of the melchizedek priesthood are kings and priests of the most high god holding the keys of power and blessings. In fact, that priesthood is a perfect law of theocracy and stands as God to give laws to the people administering endless lives to the sons and daughters of Adam. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 322. I wish that you guys understood what he is saying. It's so deep. It's so deep. Let me read it again. Those holding the fullness of the Melchizedek priesthood, meaning that they have received it from the Father himself, which was, was supposed to happen in Doctrine and Covenant section 124. That revelation was given January of 1841 for the temple to be built so that this fullness of the priesthood could be restored to the earth by the hand of the Father himself so that these individuals who received the fullness of the Melchizedek priesthood would be made kings and priests, queens and priestesses, holding the patriarchal and matriarchal priesthood. Yes, there is a priesthood for women. That they are given the keys of power and blessings. And in fact, that this priesthood is a perfect law of theocracy and stands as God. And stands as God to give laws to the people, administering endless lives. That's multiple mortal probations, the progression of the gods. It's all required in order, uh, you have to have the, the fullness of the priesthood to be given these things. To give laws to the people, administering endless lives to the sons and daughters of Adam. And who is Adam? Adam is your father in the flesh, both physically and spiritually. He was a savior on an older earth, and we became his through the law of adoption when he paid for our sins on that older earth. The same way that Jesus became our father. By paying for our sins and transgressions and we become his children. Even though we have a father above him, he becomes a father as well. This is the progression of the gods and multiple mortal probations. And the reason why these things have to happen is because it is part of God's law. God the Eternal Father's law. Anyway, but that was... That particular quote was in Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 322, if you're interested in going and looking that up for yourself. Kings. Governing in righteousness and promoting peace and goodwill among all men, Dan Jones heard Wilson Law declare that while he, Joseph Smith, was once preaching from Daniel chapter 2, verse 44, Joseph Smith said that the kingdom referred to was already set up and that he was the king over it. Doctrinal History of the Church, Volume 6, page 568-569. So that's like a third-hand account of what Joseph may have said. But like I said earlier, the stone isn't an organization. The stone is a person that is cut out of the, the mountain made without hands. we understand that it's the the imagery of revelation's chapter 12 i think where the woman is chased into the wilderness and gives birth to a son who is the king and that that is the kingdom of god the man child that's the stone and shepherd of joseph That's the second witness of the father, and he is the one who is a stone that is cut out of the mountain, made without hands. We understand that we are to be made kings and priests unto God. Now, if I be made a king and a lawgiver to my family, and if I have many sons, I shall become the father of many many fathers, for they will have sons, and their sons will have sons, and so on from generation to generation, and in this way I may become a father of many fathers, or the king of many kings. This will constitute every man a prince, king, lord, or whatever the father sees fit to confer upon us. In this way we can become kings of kings, lords of lords, fathers of fathers, prince of princes, and this is the only course for another man is not going to raise up a kingdom for you. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 3, page 266. There is not a king, governor, or ruler but that, but what desires and is endeavoring to obtain the influence that I and my brethren possess and are lawfully striving to obtain. Do you suppose that there was ever a president of the United States, but that what desired the confidence of his constituents? No, never. Was there ever a senator or a representative, a governor of a state, a politician, a pre, or a priest, but that desired that the same power in his sphere that I have got in mind? They cannot get it because they do not know how. What is the reason they have not got the kingdom of God, which binds the people together? They are ignorant of it through our, though we have traveled barefooted and almost naked to preach it to them, and I say that they are to be uh, to be petted. and quote Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses volume five, page seventy five. And once again, we're not going into open lines today. This is just going to be a, a podcast drop only. Uh, it's my daughter's birthday. She would have been two years old today. So just going to spend time with my family. This priesthood included that the Aaronic holds the keys of revelation of the oracles of God to man on the earth. Now, real quick. This word drives me nuts, and if you've listened to me for a while, you know why. An oracle is the word of God that God gives to a prophet, and the prophet gives to the people. A person is not an oracle. The oracle is the revelation that is delivered to the prophet, and the prophet delivers to the people. This priesthood, including that of the Aaronic, holds the keys of revelation of the oracles, or the word of God, to man upon the earth, and the power and right to give laws and commandments to individuals, churches, rulers, nations, and the world, to appoint, ordain, and establish constitutions and kingdoms, to appoint kings, presidents, governors, or judges, and to ordain or anoint them for their several holy callings, Also to instruct, warn, and to reprove them by the word of God. And quote Parley P. Pratt in his book, Key to the Science of Theology, which was printed in 1885, and that'll be found on page 66. Good book. I suggest you get it. Our test now is learning the difference between the work of the Lord and the crafts of the devil, and then supporting the one and condemning the other. We have been instructed to prepare to build up Zion and not spend another day building up Babylon. Brigham Young made this very clear. Quote, Brother Joseph Smith gave us the word of the Lord and it was simply to do this. Okay, please, please listen to what I'm about to say. This is Joseph Smith. Never do another day's work to build up a Gentile city. Never lay out another dollar while you live to advance the world in its present state. That was Joseph Smith, as as recorded by Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, volume 11, page 294 and 295. So when they take your tithing, your sacred tithing funds... And they put them into Moderna, into Johnson and Johnson, and into all of these Babylonian wicked, wicked organizations. They're using your sacred tithing to build up the devil's kingdom. You're supposed to come out of Babylon to do what God has asked us to do. For the redemption of zion because in order for zion to be redeemed there has to be a people who will live all that god has commanded and this excuse that that was for them back then and we don't have to worry about it now is a lie and the devil is the author of it and the devil is a liar these judas goats want you to to not go the path that god has laid out for you they are false prophets When Nephi was led into the wilderness before he found the tree of life and he was led into the fog, guess who he was following? He was following the religious man into the dark. It wasn't until he called out to God that God brought him back to the word of God, the iron rod. And he didn't trust in the religious man. He trusted in the word of God, and God brought him to the tree of life, not the religious man. We're on page 240. Establishing Zion was the consistent theme of the ancient prophets. The term Zion is used in over a hundred references in the Doctrine and Covenants. These great patriarchs longed for the time when Zion's the Zion of Christ's kingdom was once again to be established on the earth. Then it would be as it was in the days of Enoch when the Lord called his people Zion because they were of one heart and one mind and dwelt in righteousness. And there was no poor among them. Pearl of great price, Moses chapter seven, verse 18 and Moses chapter 7 is just the inspired translation of the book of, of Bereshit or Genesis and it's in the Pearl of Great Price for you to go and read the Lord certainly was talking to the people in our day when he said quote wherefore lift up your hearts and rejoice and gird up your loins and take upon you my whole armor that ye may be able to withstand the evil day, having done all that ye may be able to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, which I have sent mine angel to commit unto you, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all of the fire darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of my spirit which I will pour out upon you and my word which I reveal unto you and be agreed as touching all things whatsoever ye ask of me and be faithful until I come and ye shall be caught up and where I am ye shall be also. Amen. Doctrine and Covenants, section 27, verse 15 and 18. Through truth, righteousness, preparation, and faith, the valiant saints will receive his spirit. The crafts of the devil will be detected, overcome, and eliminated, and the Zion of our God and his Christ will be established. So that's the end of the reading of The Four Crafts. Thank you for listening to it with me while I read along. I don't know what book I'm going to do next, um, but I'll try to have another episode out on Monday. So um, Zion's Redemption Radio Network, (laughs) or Fundamentally Mormon, goes live Monday, Monday wednesday and friday from 6 p.m until we're finished i usually do a live that way i can have people call in if they choose to although it's been a while since people have chosen to to do that and that's fine but tonight like i said this is just a podcast dropping i'm not doing the live tonight um just not doing it tonight. So, you know why, if you've listened to this program today. So, all right. Well, I guess we'll be back on Monday. I'll let you listen to a little bit of music while I'm uh, wrapping this up. Thank you for listening. Take care, everyone. God bless. And goodbye.